Hi, uh, so this is Carrie Johnston, and I'm filming today on the traditional territory of Champaign and Asiac First Nations in the community of Bakwakata Haines Junction. And my guest today is Chris Irving, and Chris is in Whitehorse today on the traditional territory of Kwanlin Dun First Nation and on Kuchin Council. Welcome, Chris. Thank you very much. Nice to nice to talk to you. Thanks. Uh, so I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your business model pre-COVID. Yeah, sure. So uh, the past couple of years, I've been uh, self-contracting um, as, as essentially a, a, a caterer, a private chef. Uh, last year, I was doing some teaching as well in, in Whitehorse, uh, following up on um, some property acquisition that I have uh, interest in here in Whitehorse. Um, I went away to Europe for the winter, coming back with the, with the uh, plans to engage and initiate a, a web page based culinary experiences um, business. Um, so I set that all up when I was overseas and when I got back to Whitehorse in March to engage this, obviously the, uh, the measures set in place didn't allow for um, all social gatherings. So my, my teaching uh, um, position was uh, put on hold. Some of the uh, tourism based um, uh, opportunities that I had throughout the spring and the summer were obviously uh, canceled. So, you know, I had to completely go back and uh, reinvent the wheel. So I had my website, so it was all paid for and set up. So I had to figure out what I was going to do in order to uh, well, stay current and relevant and to keep my bills paid. Mm -hmm. And so what uh, sort of what transitions have you made over the last couple of weeks in your business model? Well, um, like I said, I was, uh, was supposed to teach and one of the uh, classes that I, that I was teaching and I taught this as well last year is called Preparing to Launch and what it was was uh, taking some of the Kwam and Dun First Nations kids, uh, bringing them down here and teaching them how to make a very basic meal to take these skills back home and be able to cook a very rudimentary dinner for their family. Well, when uh, so social and physical distancing measures got put in place. They weren't actually allowed to come down here. So I offered to cook the food myself and they came and collected it and the food still got distributed. So that actually planted the seed in my mind that, uh, you know, through discussing with one of their directors there that, you know, there was uh, people in, in, uh, in dire situations and that, you know, made me think that, you know, there's a lot of people out here that, uh, you know, could do with the meal service. So uh, with having my website, you know, online ready to engage, I decided that, uh, you know, that, that knowing some other businesses from down south that uh, could be quite um, beneficial up here, I decided to do a meal delivery service. So, you know, something completely separate and not trying to take away from restaurant, online delivery, takeout, and that kind of thing. So as restaurants shut down, you know, they still have their they're very relevant business too. Not to detract from that, I decided to do these uh, meal prep sort of uh, um, offerings. So, you know, smaller portions meant to be a little bit more nutritious and a, and a, and a you know, a nutritional supplement for your day, you know, rather than office workers or essential workers uh, uh, eating microwave meals every day you know, and talking to different people and knowing that that's kind of the, their their program. Um, I I launched this out softly the last couple of weeks to um, to the doctors and nurses and uh, 
you know, healthcare staff, and it was, it was received with uh, a lot of success and uh, kind of rolling on still and just waiting on now for some backend platform stuff on my website to launch with the public. So. And you're doing some work with the food bank as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, when I learned about some of the community members around that, uh, you know, we're not doing so well and, you know, people weren't able to maybe get out to buy groceries or to feed themselves and, you know, a, a number of um, avenues of, of uh, hungry people, I decided, you know, besides, you know, the business was one thing, pay the bills, but, uh, you know, I wanted to offer my time and support and uh, I started a charity called um, Helping Hungry Locals. I uh, pledged $5,000 at first and, and said that I would cook a thousand meals and I did the first batch and made 250 meals out of the space that I'm in here now. I uh, realized there was a lot of work because I'm not in a commercial facility and uh, um, not, I, I actually reached out to a few other people because I had a lot of support within that as well. People wanting to come in and peel carrots or you know, wash dishes and you know, just, just because of safety and, and uh, respecting our, our distancing rules and stuff, I didn't actually want people in here. So I had the idea to uh, engage some other chefs who offer their support. And uh, through that, I, I founded a, a collective called the Econ Chefs Collective. Um, and what that is, is just a group of us that have come together now and kind of pledged our time uh, and, and offered our, you know, a, a day within our week to put these meals together to deliver to the food bank. And now over the last week and the, the, the combination and, and the gathering of us together in our respective spaces have uh, you know, escalated that, that $5,000 initial pledge to $9,000 today. So and it seems like there's there's more and more support every day, which is amazing. So we're going to keep making these meals and delivering to the food bank and, until that, uh, that, that donation pot goes dry. Yeah, it's, it seems to me in a lot of your business model, you look for opportunities to collaborate and build relationship with other businesses. So it seems like a really fitting model for you right now. Yeah, definitely. Throughout my career, you know, opening restaurants all over the world and, you know, I get the opportunity to work with a lot of different people. It's kind of something that I, that I lean towards because I think that uh, collaborative um, creativity often, you know, fuels a lot of uh, you know, progressive movement. If you're working in a restaurant and you have young apprentices or, or people that you're working with, you know, they, they learn everything that you have, but I mean, even still, the, the chef still needs to be engaged and uh, likes to share different ideas and, and techniques and stuff. So to be able to bring somebody else in or to be able to have that collaborative, uh, creative efforts joined together, it's, uh, I think it's rewarding. Um, well, it's kind of like a... Like a, like a Band of Brothers type of thing, you know, it's, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and even I like what you were just saying there, learning from our apprentices, and I was just thinking about the teaching you were doing with local youth, like, you know, we forget that our mentors can be younger than us sometimes too. The people we learn from are often uh, those who have that creative spark deep in them. I totally agree, yeah. Uh, so speaking of young people and Yukoners in general, what have you learned from your, you know, your customers from your clients from Yukoners in the past couple of weeks? 
Um, like I said, the, the, the primary group of uh, people that have been, have been um, supplying these meals to our doctors and uh, to nurses. So um, keeping, keeping within the respective rules of, of uh, physical engagement and essentially just doing like a, like a drop and dash delivery service. So everything's prepaid for. I bag everything up. I take precautions within my own space here that uh, I'm doing everything within my best ability to stay clean, sanitary and healthy, right? Uh, I don't have just people walking in here and um, I'm pretty careful with that. So, you know, they, they have that uh, confidence in me that they're getting something that they don't have to worry about, you know, you know, the, the drop and dash kind of the procedure is quite quite welcome as well. So everybody's very very adherent to to what has to be done. So and that's uh, so far so good. And once I get once I get things up and going for the website, it'll be interesting to see how much uh, you know what the, what the different kind of uh, clientele and demographic of people will be. Definitely. Uh, so how are you thinking about your business going forward a little bit? What's, what are some of your, your sort of plans in the next couple of weeks? Where do you see opportunities for growth? Well, um, this pre-made pre delivery meal service is not something that I uh, intended to do when I got back. It was a, it was a business model based out of necessity and opportunity. It's not something that I intend on growing further than you know, so uh, physical distancing requirements. So I have this space that I'm renting now um, temporarily until things go back to normal, until classes can resume. So you know, this isn't a business that uh, that I intend to carry further. Um, through through this whole thing too, I've had some uh, some. Um, opportunities some uh, I've been approached for a couple of contracts uh, you know separate to kind of the, the charity and the, the the meal delivery business something this uh, supplement my income as well but also it's a uh, parallel to you know, feeding lesser uh, fortunate individuals so uh, unless this thing really takes off and goes gangbusters I don't I don't anticipate I'm going to be doing delivery meals for, for the rest of the year. Uh, it, it could change every week. You know, we might be in this state uh, you know, for 18 months, I've been told. I've been told until December, you know, but it could be next month. It could be next week. We don't know. So you know, I'm just going to forge ahead and keep doing what I'm doing until you know, things change. I think one of the things I'm I'm hearing from you too, though, is like you're staying open and adaptable, and sort of seeing as the opportunities come, how it sort of fits in with what you're doing or where you want to go a little bit. Yeah, for sure, and that's kind of one of the strong points I could say in my career and in, 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 you know, working in all different places as a as a developmental chef is that uh, I am highly adaptable. Um, I kind of have that as a niche and. When I was working for you know, hotels or Gordon Ramsay or whatever, you know, I could go into these different locations and just pick up quickly from one place to another. So, uh, you know, sticking to my sticking to my roots and what I'm good at and what I, what what keeps me interested in and uh, you know, relatable and whatever else uh, is important. I like to 
I like to be happy in what I do, and you know, this this keeps me happy, being able to help people and being able to do something that uh, you know, keeps me keeps me sane and keeps me healthy in body and mind, right? Cool. Uh, so, what? Uh, speaking of keeping you sane in body and mind, what what are some of your wellness practices? What's kind of keeping you sane going through the days? Well, uh, coming down here to this kitchen, actually, and, and getting out of the house, having somewhere to go every day is nice. Um, I, I live with my family, my, my cousin and his family, and, you know, it's great, and it's nice to spend time with each other, but, uh, you know, when everybody's just sitting at the house and crawling all over each other, it's nice to get up in the morning and have somewhere to go. So, even if it's, I'm just here by myself, I'm sitting here now, the sun's shining in, you know, I'll put the music on, and um, just plug away and you know I might I might do four hours of work in the space of you know eight hours but uh, at least I'm out of the house doing things keeping being creative and uh, keeping relevant right any uh, particular music podcast books or anything like that getting you through these days that you'd recommend oh, man, I, I rely heavily on Spotify and uh, I'm kind of all over the map it goes it goes from everything from classical with jazz to, to hip-hop to you know electronic music there's nothing one specific genre that I listen to uh, but uh, I do I actually just ordered a book um, kind of kind of fitting for our times it's uh, the artist is Fanny Singer or the artist the author sorry is Fanny Singer and she's the daughter of acclaimed uh, um, chef uh, Alice Waters you know, Fanny, Fanny wrote this book called uh, Always home, and um, it's a it's a recipes and stories of of, of Fanny, but pulled uh, through kind of like uh, or forward done by Alice Waters. So I've ordered that, and looking forward to that kind of seeing that all about. Yes, there's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even think about Alice Waters during this time, but you know that kind of connection to food, connection to land, connection to client, like. So much of what she brought to the culinary world is, you know, relevant for us in our little household bubbles right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I was lucky to spend time with her when I was in Australia, so I kind of feel a little bit closer, kind of close to that that uh, aspect of things that the whole food movement that she started, and uh, yeah, so nice to see something new like that. What are your hopes for the food movement here in the Yukon? What is, like, what's your dream? Well, uh, I see a progression of, of you know, talented, uh, passionate individuals. I think that there's a, there's a stifling amount of just average food establishments. And it's not for the sake of, you know, people being business, but uh, there's not a lot of amazing culinary talent up here. And it's hard to run business. Um, here because of cost. Uh, there's a just the way that we were raised here. There's a massive implication of uh, value for money. So people want a lot of food for not a lot of money. But you know, there's there's always that cross comparison of you know, people wanting good quality things for cheap. Well, not really the way that it works. And uh, you know, there has to be some. There has to be a line in the sand where 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 you know businesses are either you know expensive and you're getting good quality or you know you're, you're paying an average price for an average product so i think there's 
it's difficult for people to, um, to, to get into maybe that uh, local higher end casual dining that, that that's you know requested people are always asking we should open a fine dining restaurant well uh, it's nice in theory but people aren't going to pay sixty dollars for three mouthfuls of food right? mm -hmm. yeah so <clears throat> i think uh, the guys at wayfair are doing a good job they're keeping um you know the kind of food food seen on the map here in Whitehorse. I think there's a lot of uh, movement forward with that and I think there's a lot more, um, there, there certainly could be a lot more and seeing, seeing independent operators like Troy at the Ramen Shop and stuff doing these uh, um, independent spots is great rather than you know, a lot of these uh, chain restaurants or whatever popping in like girls or Whatever. I'm not saying that their food's not decent, but uh, they have that corporate overlord kind of uh, feeling to them that people don't like sometimes. And I think you know, we need a lot more um, independent small business owners. Cool. Great. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. And it was great to chat with you. And thanks for all that you're doing for the food bank and for our healthcare providers out there. And, you know, it's, it's appreciated. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you as well.